in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, if you'll bear with me this morning, I would like for us to do a little imagining together. We're, we're going to have to pretend together. Uh, but I, I think you'll like this, because what I want you to imagine is that, that I am sending you out on a journey. Uh, I thought you might like this, because I think we're all feeling a little cooped up these days, aren't we? So, so imagine, I, I am sending you out on a journey. You get to break free. Now, before you get too excited, uh, imagine that I am sending you out to somewhere that you have never been, you've never even heard of, and that you know nothing about. Now, maybe that sounds good to you, but imagine I'm, I'm sending you there, and I'm, I'm, I'm sending you out on your way, and, and I'm giving you no map, no GPS, you can use no directions. Can you imagine how, how frustrating that would be? <laughs> it might be exciting at first, right? Like a new place, and, and I get to get out of the house. But, but then imagine you're trying to find this place, and you have no idea what it looks like. You don't know where it is. You've never even heard of it. You wouldn't know if you were there if you were there, right? Um, you might have walked right by it and never even knew. So, so the excitement that might be there at the beginning of your journey might then turn into frustration. You, you might even end up being angry with me, right? Like, why would you send me to go somewhere and with, with zero chance of, of finding it, right? I'm just wandering and walking around in, in circles. And, and then eventually that anger that you might feel towards me then might turn to hopelessness, right? You might think to yourself, I'm never going to get there. I might have just been there and I didn't even know it. Well, I, I bring this up. And I ask you to imagine what that would be like to be sent out on a journey with no directions, no GPS, no map to a place you've never been, know nothing about, and have no idea what it's like. I, I ask you to imagine what that kind of journey would be like, because I, that's how I often feel when it comes to love. In, in Mark chapter 12, uh, verses 28 to 31, that I, I just finished reading, we heard this command of Jesus where he commands his disciples, uh, us included, to, to love the Lord our God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And I, I don't know about you, but at, at first, like the journey I just described, that sounds exciting, right? What a beautiful message Jesus has, right? His, his command is simple, just love, love God and, and love your neighbor. It, it sounds so, so beautifully easy. <laughs> but then the more you think about it, at least I feel this way, sometimes I, I start to get frustrated because I wonder what is love, <laughs> I, our world today has all sorts of definitions of love. Sometimes it's this feeling of butterflies that's down in your stomach, right? We, we talk about love that way. But I also say that I love pizza. It's a very different kind of love. That's more of a preference uh, than anything. Uh, I also say that I love Star Wars. What do I mean when I say that? That I'm excited when I hear the credits rolling at the beginning of the movie and, and the score coming to play. Uh, I, I, I also say that I love my wife. That's a, a very different kind of love than the love I have for pizza or, or, or for Star Wars. Uh, but what kind of love is that? Well, well, now it's this deep abiding commitment kind of love. But I, I told my wife I loved her before she was my wife back when we were teenagers. And while I, I think I did love her then, there was a very different kind of love then too. Our, our world offers to us so many different definitions of love. Sometimes it is equated with lust, 
or the very physical expression of it, uh, that it's confusing, right? And so when Jesus says, love God and, and love your neighbor, our heads are spinning, right? Like, am I supposed to love him like I love pizza or like I love my wife or like I love Star Wars? Is it a butterfly feeling kind of love? What does it mean to love? How do I love God, right? Have you ever thought about that? Like, how can you love, like, what do you do to, to love God? And even when it comes to our neighbors, sometimes I, I feel like I have these two options in front of me and I don't know which one is the, the loving thing to do. And, and so my excitement over this beautifully simple command of, of Jesus uh, sometimes turns into frustration. And then that frustration turns into anger. I'm like, God, why would you ask me to do this with, without uh, giving me some, some more details? And then sometimes maybe you feel like it's hopeless. Like, how, how can I possibly love God? Well, well, the truth is, if that's all we had to go on was this command of Jesus in, in Mark 12, 28 to 31, then we would be hopelessly lost. It would be like being sent out on a journey to a place you've never been with no map or GPS in hand. But, but the truth is that, that God has, has given us directions and, and he showed us what the destination has looked like. The, the Bible is full of examples, teachings of what love is. And uh, today, in our reading from 1 Corinthians 13, we read one of the most beautiful expressions of love. Isn't it just an amazing passage? I mean, I, I mentioned earlier that, that Paul did not write this for a wedding ceremony between a, a newlywed couple, but you, you understand why it's read at weddings, right? It is poetic. It is beautiful. Uh, it's just majestic in its description of what love looks like. It's, it's truly a, a, a beautiful, beautiful passage. And, and so we heard today in, in 1 Corinthians 13, just exactly what love was like. And, and again, Paul is writing these words not to a, a newlywed couple, but he's writing them to this church in Corinth that is being torn apart by divisions who, who were kind of like us and that their world offered many definitions of, of love. And they had skewed the definition in many ways. They had gotten off track. Uh, they, they, they didn't know what love was. And so Paul has to explain it to them. What Paul is doing, I think, in this description, this beautiful description of, of what love is like and, and of what love does, uh, Paul, in, in a sense, is putting an X on the map, right, or a star. And he's saying, this is where you're headed. This is what love looks like. God calls you to go out and love. And Paul's saying, let, let me show you what that love looks like. So when you get there, you'll know. I, I don't know what you picture when you picture love. Maybe you picture a heart, or maybe you picture a wedding, or, or maybe you picture butterflies, right, deep down in, in your stomach. But, but there is something that Paul wants us to picture when we picture love, and it's, it's clear by the words that he shares with us. And, and the picture we're meant to have of, of love is actually a portrait. When, when Paul writes these words, I think he wants us to have someone in mind waiting for us at, at that X or, or the star on the map, and that someone is Jesus. Right? Isn't everything we read about today, couldn't all of it be said of Jesus? I mean, in fact, uh, let, if you'll bear with me again, I, I'd like to do a little exercise with you. Right? I would like to read uh, this passage, part of it anyway, not all of it, but, but to read part of it. And every time it says love, I, I just want to replace the word love with the word Jesus. And you tell me if it works. I'm, I'm pretty sure it does, but you, you tell me how this sounds, right? Because I think in this description of love that Paul gives us, again, we are meant to see our Savior and his love for us, first and foremost. So let me read these words. And again, every time I come across the word uh, love, I'll, I'll just insert Jesus. 
Uh, so this is 1 Corinthians 13. I'll start at verse 4. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus is not boastful. Jesus is not arrogant. Jesus is not rude. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not irritable. Jesus does not keep a record of wrongs. Jesus finds no joy in unrighteousness, but Jesus rejoices in the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Jesus endures all things. Jesus never ends. I don't know about you, but I I think that works, doesn't it? This is a beautiful portrait of the love that Jesus has for us. And and what we see in these words from 1 Corinthians is that the love of Jesus is so different than the love that is displayed and depicted in our world today, right? That the love that is defined by our world is so often a temporary love. It's a feeling of love. It's It's a lust kind of love. It's just a a, a bare-bones physical love. It's a love that is so often staring back at us in the mirror, right? We're often told that you've got to love yourself before you can love anyone else. We're we're often told that you have to go out and and earn your love. But the love of, of Jesus is a love that comes from outside of us. It's a gift that is given to us. It it is something that is done for us, right? That the love of Jesus is is a love of of a perfect life, of a sacrificial death and a glorious resurrection from the tomb. That's the love that Jesus has for you. And here's the really cool thing about it. I, I said earlier that that this passage is like Paul's way of putting the X on the map so that we would know where to go. But And and, and in another way, that's not quite right. (laughs) Because the love of Jesus is a love that comes and finds us. It doesn't wait for us to get to that X on the map in our our wandering. Uh, Jesus knew that we would still never get there, even with this description. So it's the love of Jesus that comes out and finds you, that seeks after you. It's the love of Jesus that pursues you until you are his. And then it's the love of, of Jesus that brings you to where you need to be. It is that patient kind love that doesn't envy and doesn't boast and isn't arrogant or rude or self-seeking, but it's, it's a love of Jesus that, has, uh, that carried all things for you and, and, and endured all things for you, that never-ending love of Jesus that finds you wherever you are at in your frustrating, maybe anger-filled, hopeless wandering. It's a love of Jesus that brings you to where you need to be, and that is in his arms of love for all eternity. See, the love of Jesus, the love which is ours in him, it it does two things. First, it gathers us in. It finds us lost and wandering people and brings us together around his love and all that he's done for us. But the second thing that Jesus' love does for us is, is it sends us out. We have received his love, and now we are called to reflect it. And so the love we read about today, in, in a sense, is a roadmap on how to love like Jesus. As as we are gathered together, Jesus has given us more than we could ever do anything with. And and so he sends us out to share and reflect and give that love away. He calls us to to be patient in our loving, to be kind in our loving. We don't have to be envious or boastful or or arrogant or rude or self-seeking or irritable or keep a record of wrongs. Why would we need to do that when we have more love than we could ever imagine? 
And instead, we can bear all things and believe all things and hope all things and endure all things. And so 1 Corinthians is first and foremost a portrait of the love of Jesus, but it's also our marching orders. It, it's, it's sending us out to love in the same way that we have been loved. And so, dear brothers and sisters, there is a certain amount, a, a whole lot of, of peace and rest that comes with the love of Jesus, isn't there? Knowing that we have been found in his love and that God has poured out his love to us, that we don't have to go searching after it, wondering if we found it, right? But that it is ours. And, and then there's also this joy and honor in, in being someone that has been enabled and empowered by the Holy Spirit and sent out under the command of Jesus to love our neighbors as ourselves. There's, there's so much joy and honor that God would choose to work through us to share his love. It's an amazing gift. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 is one of these passages uh, that's actually really hard to preach on. <laughs> and I say that because I, I, I feel like everything I just said didn't need to be said, right? 1 Corinthians 13 kind of says it all, and it says it much more beautifully than I have stumbled through today. And uh, so having said that, what I'd like to do is just to, to close our time by reading this passage one more time. I, I, I realize now I've read it for you a, a couple times, but... What I'd like to do is just to read it for you again and to have you listen and reflect. I'm going to read it maybe a little slowly and and let these words of God's love sink into your heart. And and as you hear these words, to picture that that beautiful portrait of your Savior and the love that he has for you. But then also to to hear and learn what it looks like to to be sent out in his love and, and to, to receive our marching orders on how we are called to love our neighbors and our friends and our families and our coworkers. So listen to these words, and may you both be comforted and challenged. If I speak human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. But if I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give away all my possessions, and if I give over my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. In Jesus' name.